guys about uh, trusting in the Lord. Um, when I signed up to do my final thoughts, the first thing that I thought was, wow, time goes by really quickly. Um, I remember being a freshman and watching the seniors share their senior thoughts, or final thoughts that year, and thinking about what sort of wisdom I could possibly impart um, on others four years from now. Now, here I am, and I simultaneously have everything and nothing to share. <laughs> um, everything because I have so much that I want to say, and there's so much that I've learned in the last four years that I could probably just ramble on and on for way past the five minutes that I'm given. Um, but also nothing because this is such an amazing community that I feel like I don't really have anything that I could say that would add to what you guys already know and follow. I thought a lot about what topics that I wanted to talk about, um, you know, the importance of community, spiritual friendship, prayer, but I feel like as a collective group, Kaiapha has really got it down. Um, so much of what I've learned about my faith, I've learned from John, from Bonnie, and from you all. So knowing that you guys have got all of those messages down, I just wanted to encourage you all with a little reminder to trust in Him even when things aren't going exactly how you think they should be going. So first off, I wanted to share a verse from Proverbs that I heard a few years ago, and it really stuck with me. Um, Proverbs 16, 9. The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. So it's really easy to get caught up in our own plans for the future. Um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but God constantly reminds me that it's not my plan, but his plan that I should be following. He calls us to bloom where we are planted, even if we're not planted where we think we should be, or we're planted in a place we didn't really expect to be. Um, in this process, we may feel like a lot of things are going wrong, but I found that it takes the most courage to trust that the Lord knows what he's doing and to continue to follow the path that he's given for us. So, junior year, I thought that I was going to be studying abroad in China in the spring. Um, I was really excited since this was something that I had been planning for since freshman year. Um, there were problems and obstacles every step of the way, but it finally seemed like it was happening. Then, on the last day to commit, I actually made the decision to stay at Georgetown because I felt that God was calling me to a career in tech, and to give that my all, um, I felt that I needed to dedicate my spring semester and my summer to applying and interning in the field. Um, the timeline of my abroad program just didn't fit that. So um, then when I spent months cramming prep books and um, preparing for interviews and applying to company after company and not hearing back from any of them, I hit a real low in the year. Um, just thinking about all the experiences that I could have had if I had gone abroad. Um, all these questions about if I had made the right decision, if I was really in the right field, which I thought I was because I love everything about computer science. Um, but I was just filled with doubts about what I was doing. So I, um, I was talking to my dad about all of these fears, and he reminded me that if I've done my best and I've given it my all, then all I can do from there is pray and trust in God. Um, I had all of the knowledge in my head, so instead of stressing and cramming for each interview, I prayed for guidance and I went into them, um, trusting that he would eventually lead me to where he wanted me to go. So now, looking back on the process, 
it seems so clear that God was guiding me every step of the way, and He was helping me through it all. But um, it's easy to forget in the moment when things aren't resolving themselves that very second that He's there and He's got a plan. So while it's something that I definitely never want to repeat again, I'm thankful for junior year, and I'm thankful for not studying abroad and sending my application out to 56 companies for that one single offer. Um, and I know, even as I graduate um, and move on, there will always be moments where I don't know what's going on or how things will work out, but I always know that he's there every step of the way and that I can trust him to guide me through it all. Thank you. Um, uh, my name is Tori Morgan, as some of you may know, and I actually joined Chi Alpha um, the fall of my senior year. Um, for the first three years, I was part of a different campus ministry, and in the fall, just figured out that Chi Alpha was a great fit, um, and it's been an awesome experience to be with you guys for my last year, so thank you. Um, <clears throat> and to start off, I want to tell you a story about a time when I was really unprepared and just felt at the end of myself. So this happened um, the summer after my freshman year. I was working at Covenant Point Bible Camp in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan as a counselor. And the camp approached me and asked me to talk to the campers about spiritual growth and faith. And so I was really excited because I felt like freshman year I'd grown a lot myself and I wanted to um, just be able to share something meaningful with these campers. But as a few days passed, and I was trying to reflect on what topic to share about, I realized nothing was really coming to mind that I felt was gonna be compelling for these campers. Um, so finally, the day when I'm supposed to give this talk arrives, and I still don't have a topic. But fortunately, I have the morning off, and this talk is at lunchtime. So I go to my favorite spot at camp, which is on the shore of the lake, looking out over the water at the pine trees. Um, and I just start to pray that God would come to me in that time and guide my thoughts. Um, and I remember using the phrase, like, God, please just show up for me. I really need you to show up for me right now. Um, because I had really nothing to say, and I was talking regardless in a few hours. Um, and so in that time, I just tried to sit there and have an open mind and um, just reflect on whatever I felt like the Holy Spirit might be bringing um, to my mind in terms of a topic. And what I ended up remembering in that time was um, freshman year, every Tuesday morning, I would meet with a girl <clears throat> who some of you know named Sydney Young. Um, she was a sophomore when I was a freshman. Um, and that was just huge for my growth freshman year. Um, we would talk about questions about faith, about God, um, lots of things that I was wrestling with at that time. Um, and her presence in my freshman year made a huge impact on my growth. And I got really excited as I was sitting by the lake thinking about sharing about mentorship with these kids. Um, and so that's what I ended up writing my talk on, giving my talk on. Um, and yeah, basically, God showed up and really just gave me an idea that I was excited for and passionate about. And I share this story because I think that it exemplifies probably the biggest thing that I've learned about God in college. And that is that God is incredibly faithful and will never stop coming to us and showing up for us in our lives. Um, and all the more so as we invite God in intentionally to every area of our life. Um, and so I wanted to share kind of a scripture that I think also embodies this. Um, and it's from Psalm 139, which is actually the passage 
that I've come back to the most and relied on the most consistently over the past four years in college. Um, so it's Psalm 139, 7 through 10, and it goes, Where can I go from your spirit, or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and settle at the farthest limits of the sea, even there your hand will lead me, your right hand will hold me fast. Um, and so the two things that I want to leave you guys with are, one, an encouragement that God will always come to you, God is always present with you no matter what you're going through, and God will continue to show up for you throughout your time in college and well beyond. Um, and also to encourage you to just invite God in. Maybe there's areas of your lives where you've never intentionally asked God to come to you, um, but I just encourage you to do that and look for the really surprising ways that God may show up. And I know the example I showed, shared was really concrete and immediate, and sometimes it looks like that, but there are so many times throughout my college career experience where I've looked back <laughs> and, um, and just been like, wow, God really showed up, and I didn't even realize it was happening, but years later, months later, whatever, I can see that. Um, so that's number one, God will show up for you. And number two, um, mentorship is really an awesome way to grow in college, and you're so lucky to be in Chi Alpha with lots of people who are ready to invest in you. Um, so I just encourage you to plug in with a life group or um, ask a friend to meet with you um, and think about how you could be mentored and grow with somebody, and also think about maybe how you could reach out to a friend and be a mentor for them as well. Thank you. Or Christian household. 
My extent of religious engagement was when I was prisoned at six months old as a baby in Wales in a 1,000-year-old church because my grandpa was like, I'm either going to kidnap her and take her and get prisoned or she's staying in England. It was very dramatic at the time. But that was about me. Yeah, crazy. Um, <laughs> that was about the extent of my religious engagement. Um, so in high school, my best friend was bullied, and my best friend and I, if I'm being honest, were bullied by a group of kids that were called the God Squad. Um, which was not very nice either, in retrospect. Um, but basically, I watched her fall into a deep, deep depression after we were bullied on the account of we were going to hell, we were included. It was, it was an awful high school. High school. There was a time in high school when I just felt I swore to myself that I would never trust people who would say they were followers of Jesus because if that is what being a follower of Jesus means, I don't want anything to do with that. So coming into Georgetown, that was my experience, that was my perspective, that's what I knew of Christianity or faith or religion. So the fact that I stand here today in front of you, openly accepting a Christian, a follower of Jesus, someone who is joyous and excited about my faith journey, I'm continually shocked and amazed by God's grace. Um, I did not have the best view of religion coming to Georgetown. As you can see, I was really terrified by the prospect of going to a retreat or going even to service. Because I've seen, I saw so much pain throughout high school that was brought about by false labels. And when I was first invited to go on a fall retreat, it wasn't the encouragement of my friends. Read, really, at the time. <laughs> I was unsure. But now, standing here before you, I just want to say that there is no doubt in my mind that God was working in my heart from day one. Um, my current screensaver on my phone is a quote from St. Augustine of Hippo, which is, a, he's a theologian, theologian from, the, from the 300s, which says, to fall in love with God is the greatest romance, to seek him the greatest adventure, and to find him the greatest human achievement. I would have brushed off this quote three years ago, four years ago, really, um, as some kind of religious mumbo jumbo or nonsense. But today, I see my journey to finding God as being the greatest adventure. And I pray each and every day that I will never forget that Jesus stands as my greatest achievement of my life and here at Georgetown, the greatest love in all history, and the greatest journey of my life. And nothing about this journey has been easy. Um, coming to Chi Alpha three and a half years ago, I was shaking like my, my boyfriend at the time literally had to push me through the doors. He was like, this is, you should go, just try it. I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to. But I'm here, and that's because I see Christian, this whole journey of knowing who Jesus was, finding him, was incredibly uncomfortable at times. But the overwhelming love of Christ and the community here at Georgetown and in Kyle was gifted to me as a vehicle to find God. I now see my faith journey as my second chance. Um, over the last four years, I've realized that faith is truly about second chances, and many, many, many of them, to be able to transform someone who so mistrusted anyone who said they were a Christian or a follower of Jesus into someone who is now openly and joyously celebrating my faith and reflecting on three and a half years of being involved in this community. It just blows my mind every single time I think about it. And when I reflect on this, to see the splendor of all creation, to be able to live each day for God's greater glory has been the greatest gift ever given to me. And when I think about Kyle, I'm so grateful that you all were part of that vehicle that 
has led me to where I am today. Um, this heritage of service that I've been slowly, that's been slowly revealed to me from the love and acceptance of many communities of Georgetown. It's just what I reflect, I didn't know really what to say for this because I'm just so thankful and grateful to my Kyle family, to Georgetown, those who are here and those who have graduated for helping me stumble through this journey, for not laughing at me when I didn't know what the Lord's Prayer was, or I didn't know there was between Bethel and Hillsong, for opening up to me, for answering my silly questions. I was like, thanks. Like, there's been so many moments over this journey where I've stumbled. But what I realized is the person who doesn't stumble is Jesus. The person who will never fall is God. And it's been an honor and a privilege and blessing to be part of this group and this ongoing journey and this life-changing adventure together. So I just want to say thank you to everyone for incredible three and a half years. Um, if there's any final words I can say, just keep your heart open, keep your eyes alive and excited. Um, and I'm so, so grateful and so blessed to have been here in this community over the last three and a half years. And we miss you all so much. Good evening. <laughs> uh, it feels great to not be in the suit. <laughs> <laughs> it feels great to not be in the suit. I've read this more often. Anyhow, uh, it's a real honor to stand before you guys and to be able to share some of my thoughts from these past few years. I'm not really sure how much wisdom or insight I really do have, so please interpret what I say in the manner that you see most fit into your outlook. <laughs> so, one thing that I've really tried to do this semester is a, a, a small pet project of mine, and that's uh, reading more ancient literature. And one author who's actually won over a lot of my time has been Seneca. So, as some of you may know, Seneca was a Roman philosopher who was the tutor of the emperor Nero. And Nero, of course, used Christians as scapegoats for the great fire of Rome and burned them alive, among other methods of execution. So it's ironic then that I find in Seneca principles resonating with the Christian faith. I recently read his essay on happiness. Because who doesn't want to be happy? <laughs> now, one of the points he makes is the constant struggle between virtue and pleasure. Seneca wrote that the happy man is the one who possesses sound judgment and who permits reason to evaluate every condition of his life. This, this important to him is because virtue lies in this state of mind, and that the highest good is untouched by death. This seems eerily similar to one of Seneca's correspondents, whose name we know as Paul. Paul, who wrote about how the things that are intangible last forever, while pleasure goes away the moment that it gives delight. So by mastering virtue and avoiding pleasure, Seneca writes, man cannot become corrupted by external things and is confident in spirit, being both master of both his senses and himself. I've constantly struggled between choosing the virtuous path and the pleasurable one. On one hand, I want to imitate Christ in all manners possible. But on the other hand, the temptations of this world are strong and active. My message then is to continue this battle, 
never giving in to pleasure, and always trying to exhibit the virtues of the one we worship, which is Christ. Live according to your eulogy, not your resume. And be kings and queens, not tyrants. Not tyrants, excuse me. So to end, I want to quote one of my favorite theologians whose name is Reinhold Niebuhr. And he really captures this struggle between virtue and pleasure he writes. Nothing that is worth doing can be achieved in our lifetime. Therefore, we must be saved by hope. Nothing which is true or beautiful or, or good makes complete sense in any immediate context of history. Therefore, we must be saved by faith. Nothing we do, however virtuous, can be accomplished alone. Therefore, we must be saved by love. No virtuous act is quite as virtuous from the standpoint of our friend or foe as it is from our standpoint. Therefore, we must be saved by that final form of love, which is forgiveness. Thank you. So I've got 25 minutes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's gone. Just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, when I was uh, thinking and praying about what I wanted to say tonight, I think what I'm going to say comes primarily from what I've done wrong <laughs> or what I've failed to do. So. It's always funny to like exhort people when you're not doing it yourself, but here we go. <laughs> um, I think if I want to leave with a message, it would be it would be to encourage everyone here to take Kyle seriously for the sake of the campus. So that was the phrase that I wrapped it all up. Um, <laughs> take Kyle seriously for the sake of the campus. So that has two parts. The first is taking Kyle seriously. So um, something I probably didn't do it all for the first two years, but something that I've done more in my senior year has been incredible. Um, two parts of taking Calpha seriously, what I mean by that is being first serious in our encouragement. So I think Calpha is a unique place on campus because it's one of the only places where you're encouraged to be better rather than to be worse. I know like most places on campus you're going to get a high five for doing something you probably shouldn't have done or something that you definitely shouldn't have done. Um, <laughs> that you're, you get approval and encouragement for things like that. Um, but when you're here at Kyle, you get approval and encouragement for being kind, being generous, being patient, um, for loving somebody that you didn't have to, things like that. And I think that's super important, that um, that approval and that encouragement we get here as a community. Um, Hebrews 10 talks about um, the church stirring one another up to good works. And 1 Thessalonians 5 talks about building up each other. And I think that's a really important aspect of taking Kyle seriously. The second part is um, of taking Kyle seriously is being serious about accountability. Um, accountability is a pretty uncomfortable topic or a pretty uncomfortable concept, um, but I think it's critical for a healthy community and for a healthy Christian faith. <laughs> I remember the first time that I ever really opened up to someone was Felix, who I met in Chi Alpha. And I, like, I told him about sins and things I was struggling with that I never would have told anybody. I like, hardly acknowledged to myself. And the freedom and healing I got from that, from that confession and bringing that to light was absolutely incredible. And I've experienced the same thing all over again. Hugh moved into my house this semester. Um, and just having a brother and the house who was holding me accountable and encouraging me was has really changed my semester. Um, so 
There's a couple verses, one that's kind of harsh and one that's a little more positive, but I think <laughs> <laughs> um, first it's from Proverbs 18, chapter or Proverbs 18, verse 1. It says, Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. And I, I know that's true about me, and I think that's true about a lot of us. Um, and the second is from James 5, uh, verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. And um, I know from my experience that that's been true in my life, and I think it's really important. So, in taking Calpha seriously, um, it's taking encouragement seriously and taking accountability seriously. Um, the second part of the phrase was for the sake of the campus. So, this is something we talked about in my life group the other week, but. Um, Chi Alpha stands for, as Bonnie has told us, Christu Apostoli. That's great. Um, which means Christ ambassadors. Um, and I think that's a concept that's really easy to lose sight of and something I, I definitely struggle to, to keep in mind. Um, but I think it's really important to keep in mind because I think that you can only go so far in your faith um, if you see this sort of a self improvement concept. Um, I think you end up in one of two places. Either it becomes super boring, like your faith is just this sort of edit you put on your behavior while you're trying to like live your real life, just sort of hedging in your faults and trying to make yourself a little bit better. Or second, it becomes impossible. Um, you realize you get discouraged because you can't rid yourself of every little sin and you can't become this perfect Christian that you've imagined yourself to be. And so I think, that becomes kind of the trap of um, really turning your faith completely inward as sort of a self-improvement mechanism. So I think um, I would just encourage us to, to keep in mind that as Kyle, we are Christ's ambassadors, that we're inherently, the, the, the purpose of our ministry is that we're sent by God out into this campus specifically. Um, so one of the most encouraging things I've heard in this line is that as Christians we can believe that every person we encounter on the stairwell in Leo's as we're walking to class, God is working in their lives and knocking on the doors of their heart and trying to draw them to himself. And that every person we meet, he's working in. And that as Christ ambassadors in Chi Alpha, that he's inviting us to join him in that. Um, to join him in that work that he's doing in their lives. And I think when when we see ourselves as the sent people, as, as Christ's active ambassadors going out into the campus, that um, it really it puts an important perspective on our time to have. So that was a lot, but that was what I wanted to leave you all with. Um, thank you so much. Kappa has changed my life.